Hey, welcome back to the Silver Fortune uh, YouTube channel slash podcast. Uh, first of all, thank you for tuning in, whether it is on YouTube or on some podcast platform. I appreciate it very much. Uh, real quick before we get started, I'm once again going to plug my upcoming book, Zero Sum, uh, book one of the Civil Strife series, post-apocalyptic book with a focus on political, uh, societal, and of course, economic collapse. And, and how the characters uh, negotiate, you know, such a scenario. It's going to be available in paperback, hardcover, uh, Kindle ebook, uh, and of course, audiobook. That's kind of what we're waiting on right now is for my narrator to, to finish recording the book and, and forget for it to uh, get all approved and whatnot. But coming out later uh, this month, because it's October now, really looking forward to it. And I think uh, you guys will really, really enjoy that. But of course, I'll keep you updated on the exact day in which it's going to be published. There's a link down below in the description if you want to check it out right now on Amazon. Uh, but anyways, enough about that. Getting into today's topic, I want to talk about inflation. And I want to talk about the, I guess what some have termed uh, the energy crisis that the world is facing right now. Um, it's, it's certainly something that is more prominent in Europe and, and China, which I'll get to here as well. Um, but it's something that I think here in the United States we've experienced to some extent and should continue to keep to keep an eye on. Now, I include inflation in this because I think it's really important to understand that energy prices, whether that's oil, gasoline, coal, natural gas, uh, electricity, etc., um, they're closely linked. I mean, I get it. You know, some prefer to to exclude energy from inflation calculations, which I get because they're volatile. All these these energy goods and commodities are volatile, and they can be manipulated. You know, look what OPEC has done over the decades. Um, they're they're prone to shortages. Look at what's happening in Europe right now or Texas not so long ago. Um, however. I, I, I don't think we can entirely exclude it from the inflation calculations since energy is perhaps the most important aspect and commodity to our daily lives with the exception of time in terms of, you know, our commodities. Um, and, and it would only be natural and expected that if the world or a given economy or currency is experiencing high level inflation, that you would see that inflation in energy prices it makes sense right these are real physical commodities and markets and it would be expected to see inflation in that and, and that inflation ties into our daily lives immensely uh, much more for those of us that are in you know the the 99 you know the one percent sure they're affected by inflation but oftentimes it's inflation sometimes in a positive sense what i mean by that is is if you think of the top one or 0.1 percent of society let's say here in the united states um, you know, predominantly they're going to own a lot of assets, real estate, equities, bonds, and, and those oftentimes benefit from asset inflation, which we've seen a lot of over the last decade, uh, two decades even. Uh, however, I mean, the rest of us, um, even if we do own some of those assets, a much you know, larger portion percentage-wise of our budget, of our expenses, um, goes towards, you know, daily like goods, right? Things that are also infl affected um, significantly by inflation. Things like fuel and energy, housing, healthcare, education, etc. It has a huge bearing on our daily lives, and so that's why I'm talking about these two topics today. Of course, inflation is a big t uh, theme of this channel. The coming, you know, great devaluation of the dollar. Referenced my video from you know five-ish months ago, right? 
uh, it's really important to understand that this is something that we're going to see in our scene, I think, in energy as well. Now, getting to the, this energy crisis, let's talk about that real quick. Uh, Europe is dealing with this pretty significantly. Um, their uh, natural gas prices in Europe are soaring right now. Um, currently, uh, natural gas prices, um, this is from Bloomberg, it's from an article posted uh, yesterday, uh, September 30th, uh, German power prices surged 130 euros to a record. That's euros per megawatt hour. Um, that's energy prices. Um, the price of natural gas in, um, I think this is Dutch uh, natural gas futures, um, surged past uh, 100 euros. That's a record high right there, I believe. Um, to some extent, we're seeing this here in the United States as well. Um, this is from businessinsider.com. Uh, price of natural gas currently sitting at um, $5.56. Um, I think that's the unit now. Sometimes all these different, <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, million um, BTUs. Okay, so 550, 55 uh, BTUs, all these different units sometimes in these commodities throw me off when I'm just used to, you know, things like ounces or pounds or you know, things of that nature. But uh, that, that's a pretty significant move up even from earlier this year. Um, uh, last year, early 2020, even we had, you know, price, you know, under $2 per million BTUs. Um, now we're looking at 5.56. Uh, let's see here. I think that's what it is. MM BTUs. I would assume that that's the unit here. Anyways, moving past the unit, just looking at the price here. Uh, you know, that's a pretty significant, you know, similar to the peak that we saw in late 2018, similar to what we saw back in early 2014, late 2013. So not crazy high here in the United States, but certainly again, over in um, Europe, very high, right? Very high prices overseas. Um, and part of that is the result of uh, less flow of natural gas in India, predominantly from Russia. You know, we could blame this all on Russia. Um, maybe that's not that's not uh, necessarily fair, right? Um, but but Europe is heavily dependent on Russian, you know, natural gas, and and the flow into um, Germany into much of Europe has dropped pretty significantly in you know recent weeks, recent months. That's a problem. In fact, um, one of these articles here, I think it was Al Jazeera reported that European storage sites are just under 75% full. Sounds great, right? Just under 75% full. That's the lowest level for this time of year in more than a decade per Al Jazeera, which makes sense. It's October. As they go on to say, inventory withdrawals typically start by the end of the month, depending on the weather. So of course you build up inventory as you head into winter when you need to use more natural gas to heat houses and whatnot, heat businesses, those inventories fall really low levels of inventory. And of course, prices have been going up because of that. In fact, you know, one of these, this is uh, quoted as, this is Andreas Scandolfo, leader of the European power team at Bloomberg NEF. Gas can go as high as it needs to knock demand out. For some European industries, gas has become too expensive. For some, including us, we have gas heating at home. It can probably go a lot higher before the decision is switched off. So at some point, right, you know, what? what's the solution to, you know, this this uh, shortage is, well, higher prices, and then people just won't use it as much. At least that's, you know, his assessment. But again, these are, you know, heating your home, kind of important. Of course, a huge strain if all of a sudden the, the cost to heat your home is doubled or tripled. And, and of course, if um, 
if you have some you know fixed contract in place that's a huge problem with for somebody along the line whether it's your t utility or, or someone else right this isn't only a european problem though um, china has been dealing with some of their own um, power shortages recently and in fact they've been dealing with some rolling blackouts across the country some of which which have um uh, thrown into uh, uh thrown some factories haven't um been online at times because of this uh, major industries have been um you know had their power cut for some period of time because of this power shortage which you know has made some worry further about you know further disruption to the supply chain and, and understandably so you know china went so far as to basically say like uh, to tell you know their you know whether it's their utilities or whoever we're going to secure power at whatever cost. We secure these energy resources at any cost necessary, which makes sense. If you're a socialist country like China, you know, like, uh, like uh, what is it, Hammond on, on Jurassic Park, you know, spare no expense, right? Why not subsidize this? Let's, why not, you know, pay whatever price? Because what's the most important is that, you know, our industry is kept going, um, our society stays intact people are upset because their power is cut constantly or they can't heat their homes etc right um major problem in china uh it, this is important to watch you know we're seeing it in other things as well you see it in the price of oil which has moved up pretty significantly in recent um months, uh, pretty consistently over the past year in fact price of oil wti in its enemies currently uh don't quote me on that i Forgetting already the exact size cycle just minutes ago, but mid 70s, that's a pretty significant move up. Um, natural gas prices are on the rise. Uranium, although it's you know only a small cost of the actual you know cost of uranium produced electricity or uranium you know nuclear produced electricity, um, has been rising pretty significantly. Um, this is a problem, right? This energy crisis, and it should be expected. It should be expected, just like with these other shortages, that if you print a ton of money, if you throw a ton of fiscal and monetary stimulus at a problem like, I don't know, like a, like a pandemic-induced you know, economic malaise, a major global slowdown, you don't want to burst this massive global credit bubble, so you throw money at it, you're going to get inflation, and you're going to get that inflation pretty heavily in commodities and in real goods, and that's what we're seeing right now. This shouldn't come as any surprise. Um... Of course, you'll see people say this is a regional problem for now. And, it, you know, maybe over the short term, this is going to be much worse in Europe or China than it is here in, let's say, the States. Um, for, I'm sure, a variety of reasons that go beyond, you know, just shortages or just, reg you know, regional considerations, right? But it's going to come here as well. This should be expected, whether it comes to energy prices, fuel, electricity, housing, basic goods, electronics, cars, a lot of those things that we're already seeing inflation and shortages in. And this should not be, you know, don't fall prey to that whole argument of, you know, well, there's inflation and then there's energy inflation. That's a different kind of inflation. Um, I don't think, you know, we should throw this out entirely, right? You know, you can look at it and say, well, you know, Russia's not sending them as much natural gas or, you know, let's say uh, OPEC is going to manipulate the price of oil. Okay, I get that, right? But when you're looking at wholesale energy shortages across the world or in major, multiple major you know, economies and markets and, and regions, um, and, and we're not just talking high prices, but shortages in a variety of you know, fuels and energies, then maybe it's not just manipulation. Maybe we should just throw that out. Maybe we should consider that, hey, maybe, just maybe, all these irresponsible policies that 
have been going on for so long have gotten even worse over the past year, maybe uh, maybe that's contributing to that. Just maybe, right? Or am I all wrong about this? Let me know down below in the comment section. I'd like to thank every one of you once again from the bottom of my heart for tuning into today's podcast and God bless.